before we get going with this week's chat, I have to pop on here and tell you about our new sponsor, Plio, because I have wanted to work with them for so, so long, and here we are. If you haven't heard of Plio, they are the multi-award winning business spending solution built for forward-thinking teams that was launched in Copenhagen by two founders, Jeppe and Niccolo, who thought that the old way of managing business expenses was a bit rubbish. And I won't lie, I agree with them. Having won so many influential awards for completely changing the business expenses game for the better, whatever you or your team need to buy to do your very best work, you can now Plio it. And when I say teams, I don't just mean those of you with official employees, by the way. It's an absolute game changer for those of you like me that work with lots of freelancers too. Put simply, Plio is supporting female business owners all over Europe to do great things without admin and red tape holding us back. It saves you, your team and freelancers so much time. I really mean this because there's no longer any need for expense reports or random invoices. You basically just give them all a Plio card and you can see who's spending what as it it comes in and better yet it syncs with all the usual accounting apps so that you know that everything is being reconciled in the right way. I've got my Plio card right here beside me and what I love about it is the fact that I also have a card from my VA Lisa who no longer has to email me to double check card details if she needs to buy something on my behalf which saves us both so much time and I know that it's going to be a complete game changer when we get back on the road and are travelling for the midweek mingle road shows because there has been more than one occasion where Chloe's needed extra snacks or she's had to nip out and buy things like scissors or ice buckets if I've forgotten to pack them last minute so instead of faffing around with invoices when we're home I can now give her a team Plio card. Basically it's a game changer and it would not have won as many awards as it has done if it wasn't as good as it is. The very best bit is that they are offering all she can she did listeners if you're a new customer your first three months of Plio for free. Just head to Plio.io to set up a demo and make sure to mention the she can she did podcast when prompted. Their team are on standby to set you up with the offer. Offer, even if you happen to be listening to this episode months and months after its release. A giant, giant thank you to Plio for their support of She Can, She Did, and for handing over the mic to some amazing business owners who happen to be members of She Can, She Did in the middle of this episode too. They are absolute legends, they're so supportive, but that is enough of me rambling. Let's get started with today's episode. everyone and welcome back to the She Can, She Did podcast. The podcast in which I, Fiona Grayson, sit down with smart, driven, beyond inspiring business owners dotted all over the UK and ask them to open up to me about the candid reality that they've pushed through behind the scenes. Warts and all, of course, to not just launch, but run, grow and sustain their business to date. The overarching aim being to encourage both current and aspiring business owners that if the women that I'm chatting to each week can overcome and did overcome the setbacks they faced, and believe me, not one woman will say that she's had it easy on here, you can and you will overcome whatever challenges this running a business malarkey chucks your way to. This week, I chatted to a woman who has been on the She Can, She Did journey with me from pretty much day one, or at least about four months in. Her name is Maddie Russell, and I can safely say that my business wouldn't be where it is today without her. 
Having launched her graphic design company, now called Pave Creative, straight out of uni back in 2018, Maddie and I finally sat down to chat about what her experience as her own boss has been like so far. From overcoming imposter syndrome and finding the courage to launch a business straight out of uni, how she went about finding clients, learning to put a value on her time and set boundaries, to how she's dealt with the lack of creative inspiration in lockdown over the past 12 months, and why not being the loudest in the room is 100% her superpower. She is one of the most talented women I know, I really, really mean that, and I am so, so happy that I finally got to share her story on here. She messaged me afterwards saying that she completely forgot to share her newfound self-care tip with us all. So alongside what she goes on to say in a second when we cover that topic, Maddie also highly recommends watching MasterChef in the bath. You heard it here first, ladies. This is Maddie's story so far. Right, Maddie. I can't believe that it's taken me this long to interview you. I honestly, when you said, so basically for anyone listening, Maddie and I've worked together since, well, we've been in touch since 1st of January, 2018, right? And you went self-employed that summer. Yeah, August, August. Yeah. And then like literally two weeks ago, I was like, Maddie, I'd love to like interview you, blah, blah, blah. I feel like I've wanted to do for ages, but I wanted to like wait until you were good, like year, 18 months in and you were like, it's been nearly three years. I was like, oh my God, why is it taking me this long to get you on the podcast? I mean, we've just been busy doing she can, she did. And yeah, yeah I don't know. Work. <laughs> good. Yeah, no, I'm excited to be on it. I feel like I've like made it now you know <laughs> I can like just stop now because <laughs> I it onto your podcast oh that's so funny I mean Maddie designed the artwork for this like the minute I said podcast you were straight on board you did the logo all of it anyway can you explain to us in your own words who you are what your business is about and we will go from there yeah sure so I'm Maddie I'm founder of Pave Creative so I'm a graphic designer and I specialize in branding and identity design primarily and I work with people brands businesses that have a because so for me like a reason for being that's more than just like money making essentially so people that are paving the way for a better future for people the planet in whatever way that that is with their business and yeah like bringing something good into the world essentially love that so much where did this idea come from like what were you doing before you launched your business yeah so I was at uni because hang on let's just clarify how old you are I'm just about to turn 24 (laughs) honestly I can't remember like (laughs) (laughs) Every time someone asks me how old I am, I pause because I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure. But yeah. That doesn't bode well for when you're in your 50s. I know, I know. It's really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, just about to turn 24. Yeah, so I was at uni. I graduated in 2018 and I started my business about three months after finishing uni. It's about a month and a half after graduating, I think. So yeah, I'd studied graphic design at uni and the where I went was one of the best in the country. I actually think they've just won like a global award for design and arts, which is mad. Like it was a really good, you know. And you got a first from there. Yeah. So what actually happened? I applied for a job. So all throughout third year, we were kind of encouraged to do a lot of placements and internships. It was very geared towards a job, which was great because I think a lot of university courses aren't particularly. 
so it was really really good for that and I did a lot of placements and internships and things some local to me some in London and I just started to it just wasn't for me particularly you know we were encouraged to go to London essentially which completely not knocking it it was you know the best agencies are there that it's where like the bulk of the industry is like the opportunities are amazing there you get to work on really cool brands and it is amazing but it just wasn't right for me and I think I really struggled with that at uni like thinking what am I going to do it's not right for me I did a lot of placements and really really struggled with them is it because like just to clarify was it because they were so fast-paced and busy was it the idea of not having control over what you're working on was it commuting was it London life like what was it about the London agencies the big ones yeah a lot of it was the lifestyle for me it just it made my mental health really bad basically and I struggled with it a lot it was a mixture of the type of work I mean it's kind of generally quite expected that you do really really long days you don't have that much time outside of it it's the pace and everything and yeah I just struggled with it a lot and I think I know myself quite well in that respect like I know what's pushing myself out of my comfort zone and what's pushing myself too far Mm. you know I had days just to be completely honest when I was like being sick in the toilet every morning before starting the day and like it just yeah it just wasn't right for me and another thing you don't work that hard at uni on something that you're passionate about to go into a job that makes you feel that way right and I think it's so amazing that you learned that that quickly do you know what I mean because that normally takes people like a decade or two to just figure out like oh no this is why people walk away (laughs) yeah I think I know myself quite well with that and just what is and isn't right for me and but it really scared me and So what did I do? I made that decision. I remember telling my tutor and I remember pulling out of a design show for DNAD we were doing in London because I was taking up a spot that somebody else could be using to show their work to industry and I knew full well I wasn't going to do it. So I remember telling her and like making that decision which did feel like a massive weight off my shoulders I think. Me and a couple of friends had won an award at the end of third year, a DNAD award and I think what went with that was an expectation around what you were going to do and I'd already made the decision that that wasn't what I was going to do so it felt like a bit of a double-edged sword of being like really happy to have won this but also like am I the only person ever to, to then not go and work in like certain places but I don't think I am and it's fine. I love that so much but like this is the thing though I just think that what I've always loved about you and what has always like struck me about you is you're just so wise beyond your years like and I really don't mean that in a patronizing way but like most students they win the award get the opportunity to showcase in front of the big guns and even if they don't want to they'll do it anyway do you know what I mean I love the fact that you were just like nope not for me next someone else can have it. I think I'd done a lot of that though previously like maybe just younger like forcing myself to do things that I didn't want to do and I was doing that with a lot of the placements like I kept at it and kept trying because I kept just thinking oh maybe the next one and it just didn't happen like it just wasn't right so then what did I do I then decided okay I want to stay living where I am which is Norwich so I'd made that decision so I was like right it's going to be harder for me to get a job in design so like what can I do here to like make that happen I guess and I'd applied for a job 
which I didn't really want to be completely honest like I was very relaxed about the interview just thought okay I'll just see how this is like I wasn't that bothered I got to the interview and I really wanted it and I was like oh <laughs> I didn't think Up I was going to the prep. <laughs> yeah but also I think because I do get nervous in situations like that it was actually a really good thing I think it boded well for me I remember it being like the hottest day of the year and I'd driven an hour like sweating in the car and like turned up to this interview hadn't prepared really and then was quite surprised because I actually wanted it so I then came back and I think a couple of days later I then went to Finland on holiday and was like checking my emails constantly to hear about this job and I think I was out there for a few weeks and I think it had been about two weeks and I'd not heard back from the job and I'd chased a couple of times but they were still making a decision in the meantime as well when I was out there meant to be relaxing but probably wasn't (laughs) I remember like drafting up a load of emails to like local design agencies to ask for like placements or freelance work or anything and I think I probably had done about I don't know like 30 emails I mean considering there's not that many well there is quite a few but like not like you know London that's quite a lot of emails to people and I remember drafting them up and then I got the job rejection through and I wasn't disappointed And I'd wanted the job and then I wasn't disappointed that I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. And then, I don't know, I think I'd been chatting on and off a bit with my partner about potentially trying going freelance and, yeah, drafted these emails thinking, okay, if I don't get this job, I need to earn some money. So I need to do something. So I was going to give it a shot. And I remember getting the job rejection and then sending off all the emails. Then I think literally that day when we were there, I registered as self-employed with HMRC. And then this is the bit that sounds really quite dramatic. Um, (laughs) I literally like shut my laptop and then where, because where we were is like on a lake in Finland. And then I just went and jumped in the lake (laughs) and it was freezing. And I was like, what have I just done? <laughs> Did you picture like all the music starting in the background? Like I used to do that when I was little. I say little, but I remember being on school trips. I remember going on a ski trip and it was like snowing outside and I was sat on the back of the coach and I had my um, Walkman in my ears. I was 12 or 13 at the time. The OC was like huge. And I remember just looking out the window, pretending that I was like Marissa in the OC and that the music was there. <laughs> I was just like, God, I'm living a movie right now. But anyway. So you're in Finland, you've just registered with HMRC, and then it was a case of like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I think I probably pretty naively, I think I was just like a bit ignorance is bliss. Like I just thought to myself, what is the worst that could happen? It doesn't work and I have to get another job. Like until then I'd been waitressing. I honestly genuinely thought I'd be flying home and probably going back to my old job if they'd have me. I remember like signing up to those dog walking websites to be like if I get a bit of work that's cool I'll just like top it up financially with like waitressing or bar work or dog walking (laughs) but yeah haven't had to do any dog walking or bar work at all so this is the thing though because I remember just when you did go self-employed thinking like you've got clients coming in and like I don't think there's been a point since you went self-employed where there's ever been any worry that there wouldn't be any work but this is the thing it's because you're just firstly so good but you're also going back to the wise beyond your years there's a real strategy with what you're doing in the sense that you really are good at doing things the right way 
and quite methodically and it pays off. So how did you go about getting your first customers? What would you call them, you know, clients? Clients, yeah. It all sounds very formal, doesn't it? <laughs> so because of where I am, it's a big-ish city, but it's not like London or Manchester or like a lot of the bigger places. So I think basically the short answer is word of mouth. Yeah. I think even now and always trying to think about it, 100% of my work has always been somehow through word of mouth. And I think because of where I am, that travels quicker, I guess. So at the beginning, I was very much doing like in-house agency work. So more like freelancing than, you know, I would have called myself a freelancer as opposed to running a business 100%. Like it took me quite a long time to feel comfortable with that. So Because you were originally just Maddie Russell. Pave has come much later. We'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, yeah, for the record, you were Maddie Russell Designs or something. Yeah, yeah. Something that I made up at uni and just stuck with, I think. (laughs) Yeah. So I basically just really pushed myself to like get to know people. And that really did start with like agencies and in-house stuff. But in terms of actual clients, so well, my first client was you. (laughs) So I obviously you know this, but I used to read She Can She Did when it was blog. And I remember just thinking, oh my God, like people do actually do this. Who knew that it was actually possible? And I remember a lot of your interviews were women in their 20s. And I just remember being like, oh, I didn't really think that people actually did that or not as many people as the reality is. And I reached out to you on, no, I remember reading one of your blog posts, which was saying that you did your logo yourself. And at some point you'd like to maybe work with a female designer on it, like further down the line. And I remember just being like, oh, should I email her? And it was literally New Year's Day. I don't know what I was thinking. I was probably hungover. So I was like, no, (laughs) I didn't really care. And yeah, I remember just emailing you and I genuinely just wanted to say like how inspiring I found it and like I looked back at the emails it's really cringy but I just said to you you know if you ever want to work with someone I'm just I think I was still at uni at the time wasn't I and yeah I was in third year and all of that kind of thing and like genuinely didn't even think you'd see it let alone reply and so yeah and then we started working together basically so you were my first client and I think, yeah, honestly, it's just been word of mouth since then. And it can be like the most random connections ever, like someone's mum's sister's dog or whatever. But like, yeah, it's kind of all just come like that. And I think over time that just grows, doesn't it? Like you get to know more people and it just all comes that way, really. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about then, because obviously you said first client there, but I'm so aware that like that was a complete value exchange zero money I remember us having a call in that January and I was four months into she can she did hadn't earned a penny since my paycheck in the August beforehand when I left and it was a case of like I remember us having a call and being like ah I'd love to work with you but I can't and you were like no 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 like blah 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 and then I was like okay well let's see if we can make this work but I'm really interested in how your approach to pricing has been as you've got bigger more confident and like the journey you've been on around yeah putting a price on your time yeah I think it's really hard and I still struggle with it but I I guess when I felt like I mean 
I feel lucky that I'm in a privileged position where I had savings I'd worked for like throughout uni so I had some money to like live on like I, you know I didn't live at home I had rent to pay and stuff so it was from the off like I need to make this work financially so I think that pushed me because I was like you know I need to earn x amount and I think I kind of worked out like okay what is the absolute minimum I could earn to make this work and I feel lucky that from the start it has been completely supported me I mean not obviously since day dot because I didn't have any clients but I think when I probably wasn't dipping into savings anymore and it was like profitable was probably the October after I'd started in the August I remember being in the flat and I got an email through from Jess Macamore like saying she really liked my work and stuff could we have a chat it was Skype then it was pre-Zoom <laughs> they had a project coming up and would I like to work with them on some branding for a yoga studio in London and I just remember being like oh my god this is so cool like that they're emailing me and I'd had like bits of other client work before that but this felt like a bit of a step on I guess for me and moving away a bit more from agency work I suppose and I remember yeah I worked with them Jess and Nat on branding for this yoga studio and for me that felt like when it went from being just me to like working with other people and on more of the type of work I really liked doing it kind of opened it up to me that I was like okay like maybe this is gonna work out and it was you know it was more money than I'd ever earned on a project before I think that's when it felt like it changed and yeah like I would not be where I am without them and you so yeah I'm just very um grateful for all of that really I yeah I mean I, I love that so much but do you think it's like this is the thing I always think like having people like Jess has 10 years on you you know yeah. and I, does it help or was it a kind of conscious decision because I know how supportive they both are in terms of that like strategy thing and just making you think bigger and yeah. making sure that you're looking after things and thinking about and ticking all the boxes has that really helped not just from a money sense but just also like really figuring out what your brand identity is and all of that kind of thing because again like there's been such an evolution from Maddie Russell mm. portfolio back in 2018 and the freelance work to what is now PAVE and working yeah. with all these businesses like you said that have a because which I just love. A hundred percent like I wouldn't have a business or it'd be a completely different thing without it and just even things like valuing yourself more like they've massively helped me with that you know so of other people and like just not being so on your own mm -hmm. you know I feel like I as much as possible over like zoom and slack and stuff have work friends and when things have been more difficult you've all really supported me in that and it just makes you feel not as on your own doesn't it or if you have a difficult situation come up they're the first people I ask what their opinion is and I really value their opinion and yeah like they've got a lot more years of experience than me and you know Nat helped me with the new naming for PAVE and like yeah it was it took a long time but yeah I mean I helped them with design I did their rebrand and they helped me with more of the strategy and business side and I would not have learned so much if it wasn't for that relationship. huge thank you to Plio for handing over your ad space to us. Hi everyone, my name is Natalia Talkowska and I'm the founder of Natalka Design. 
Based in London, delivering work all over the globe with a decade experience and pretty neat clients in our portfolio, we're all about helping you engage your audience and communicate more effectively through visual storytelling. Now, whether you're looking for help with adding more life to your marketing and branding, live scribe for your events, strategy and internal comms, or creative workshops, we've got you covered. Not sure how you could use visual communication at your job? Not to worry. Head to www.nataukadesign.com, that's N-A-T-A-L-K-A design.com today, and let's help you get more eyeballs on your message, shall we? In terms of moving on then, how have the challenges evolved from the early days? Because obviously we're, what, three years down the line now. And like the kind of confidence journey you've been on. So there's two separate things there. What were the challenges like in the early days compared to now? Actually, we'll just stick with that and then we'll come on to the other bit. Um, challenges in the early days. I think just being like... <laughs> not taking it seriously that's the wrong word but like being like okay this is what I'm doing and being like confident in that and just not constantly thinking well it's imposter syndrome isn't it that that's what it is basically and that is still very much a thing for me but I think in the early days it was like a mindset and things like getting clients and even though I've been really lucky with that it's still a challenge you still have to figure out this project's ending and it's going to be a bit quiet what am I going to do you know and it's always worked out but it I think early days that was the challenge and yeah like you know knowing that I was one of the only people doing what I was doing at my age Mm -hmm. that was challenging. Did anyone ever like make you feel that in terms of you know like reactions from those around you to the fact that you weren't going down the traditional route you were going to launch a business and how did you handle those conversations? Yeah yeah (laughs) Do we want to go there? (laughs) It's not like, oh, this person said, you know, specifics. But yeah, like even just a feeling you get, you know, I don't know if you've ever had that when it's people don't have to say anything for you to know what they think. And probably quite rightly, I'm young. I was young, straight out of uni. Like I can see why people would have opinions about that. And I'm someone who takes that on as well. Like I will absorb that and I care about that. So I think that was quite hard for me. But yeah, I mean, not like specifics, people being horrible or anything. But yeah, I generally got a feeling about it. But I think I just really wanted it. So I just, it wasn't that I didn't care. I really did care. But I wanted it more than I cared, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100% makes sense. You have to be really kind of strict with yourself in moments like that, don't you? Because I absorb stuff like that, depending on who it's from. But yeah. But you have to really just dig deep because it's yeah. so easy to talk about on chats like this. But in the moment, it's never comfortable, right? No. And yeah, I remember family members saying things. And I just think, yeah, I wanted it more than I cared about opinions, although I did care. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how has the challenges evolved to this day? Or are they still like, does the imposter syndrome still flare up? I think it does. I think it's in a different way now. And I think I'm more resilient. I've grown a much thicker skin. I mean, I'm quite a sensitive person and quite emotional, which I still definitely am. But I think now I handle it better and I know what it is. You know, Mm. like I know, okay, that was a difficult situation or this is a bad day or whatever it is. And I'm a bit more, I have a bit more perspective, I think, now on what is worth feeling bad over or whatever. 
but yeah challenges today I think are like day to day it is probably although I don't ever really feel alone in it because half my job is like talking to people like clients and people I'm collaborating with you know I'm talking to people every day which I love but I still think loneliness is a thing especially at the minute like the last few months I found really really difficult I think as a creative person we're not being stimulated by anything really are we beyond being at home so I think creatively I've really struggled this year and that's difficult when your job is to provide creative output and you know there's a lot of things sort of flying around online like take a break do this and I I agree with that but I also if something needs to get done it needs to get done so yeah it's hard forcing creativity sometimes at the minute and I get probably like most creative people get inspiration from like things you do places you go people and we're just not having that so Mm. I think generally that's a challenge I mean, when you have a deadline like that and you are feeling like that, what do you do? Because I've had that before. If I need to write something and I really like struggling to put actually how I feel down onto paper, but I need to get it out for a certain time. There's nothing worse than that pressure. Like it's just like, oh my God, like just get it out. But I can imagine from a design perspective, it's similar. So what do you do when you're in those moments? I think doing something like go for a walk just like get away from the desk just doing something else obviously a deadline you know I can't take a day off because something needs to get done but you know just do something different for a little while even if that is just like a quick walk or something I mean this is such a cliche thing but I'll get ideas for things in the middle of the night the shower's a classic one and it's really annoying because you can't write it down on your phone or anything because you're in the shower or, you know, on like, the shower glass like <laughs> <laughs> I remember literally writing like a blog post it was probably about a year and a half ago and I was in the bath and I had to call my partner through and I was like can you bring me my laptop and I had the laptop like on the floor like on the bath mat and I was like the bath like writing Marcus just like what on earth is going on yeah he was like are you okay <laughs> but yeah so I think uh, that's a tricky question but it does always come yeah. eventually I just try and look at things in a different way or try something else or you know if I'm doing something digitally and it's not happening like it's not working I'll just stop and like sketch it instead or at the minute honestly like I'm in my office at the minute but I'll move rooms I'll go and work in the dining room just to change environment really helps me it makes up a difference so yeah it's crazy I remember like as you know when we went into lockdown like I'm so used to driving to mum and dad's every day like that was my office I had to get out of the house like the idea of working from the flat I'd just never do it and it's so true like you just have to move and get up and jig around and stuff what about boundaries and the journey you've been on with those yeah just talk me through that whole experience yeah I think I've learned a lot, especially in the last year, about boundaries and myself and that needing more of it, basically. It's like protecting yourself a bit, isn't it? The last year particularly has kind of shifted that a lot for me. I think for me, it's massively a confidence thing that goes hand in hand with boundaries. I'm such a people pleaser, but often at my own detriment, I think. So I think early on, you probably, well, I definitely just felt like I had to take every opportunity or, you know, it was very much like I'm lucky to be offered this or I'm lucky to be in this situation and needing to prove yourself. 
and things and I think now it's like only I can kind of make decisions for myself like I'm not being so I think as a service provider essentially you can slip into being at the hands of everyone else basically and your time being dictated by everyone else so I think I've learned a lot about how to manage that a bit better and like what I need to get the best work out of me as well. Is that been a case of just taking a step back like I don't know at the Christmas holidays or when you're in Finland and just being like okay now I've got some perspective when I go back I put these boundaries in place or is it a case of someone said something and you've gone in the moment no <laughs> like what what does it look like for and, and your advice for people on that learning curve now? I think yeah it's what you said stepping back perspective I try not to react to anything in the moment and if there is a difficult situation where like a boundary's been crossed or something sleep on it and talk it through with you know (laughs) you Jess or Nat or someone who's not in the kind of business world I think that really helps as well like someone who's not involved in all of this just as like a person's perspective and not a business perspective yeah 100% I love that so much I basically love everything you're saying Maddie I'm such a broken record sometimes, but you know, you just sat here and I'm just like, I really do. I feel like I'm listening to this podcast. You mentioned earlier the emotion thing, that you absorb other emotions, et cetera, et cetera. I remember you also shared, I can't remember who wrote it, but the book Quiet about two years ago. I remember you read it and you loved it and stuff. What is the strength about being introverted? I mean, I don't even think that you're like, sometimes like amongst friends, you're not, but like, do you know what I mean? On a day-to-day basis an introverted business owner yeah it's that thing isn't it everyone's or most people are a bit of both and I think I am a bit of both like if if I know you well and stuff I'm probably not but yeah I've always been quite like I've never been the loudest person in the room or whatever and I, I really struggled with that for a long time but I don't know I think I've got empathy for mm. people and I think the way I design and the way I do things that is a strength I think because it's about understanding really and like understanding a business or understanding what someone wants so I think I hope that that's a positive thing for you know I think sometimes I don't know this is probably a bit of a stereotype with some like creative people that there's a lot of egos maybe sometimes and I'm not massively confident or massively loud or anything so I hope makes me easy to work with and things like that. I think it's like such a strength. I remember in our group chat someone shared maybe it was you I can't remember that was like you don't have to be the loudest in the room you don't have to be a boss babe you don't have to be this you don't have to be that and it's like there's so many what you should like a stereotypical what you should be doing if you're running a business and you are to me the perfect example of someone that's absolutely thriving and so unbelievably good at their job that just yeah you do you (laughs) you don't have to be that and I think it's so from a personal perspective more needs to be done to encourage this you know the fact that you don't have to kind of fit the mold Mm. I remember being in a room once with a creative director, a male creative director, and I was working on a project and we were talking through ideas and he presented his, you know, sketching them out on the whiteboard and stuff. And then I did mine and I remember him saying to me, you know, maybe not in these exact words, I can't remember, but essentially you are not really going to get anywhere unless you're more confident like you need to sell what you're saying and you need to sell the idea to me and you know you need to be literally louder and literally more confident and I just remember being like 
no that's not me that isn't who I am like I don't do things in that way yeah uh, that was just <laughs> something I remember and I think yeah even back to like being at school every bloody school report was like Maddie needs to be louder she should contribute more she should put her hand up blah 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 and it's like I did well at school my grades were good it didn't affect me you know and I remember one sorry this is a bit of a tangent I just remember one parents evening I think at sixth form and my teachers you know they all said the same thing even when I was older so like 18 or whatever one of them saying to my mum I know that Maddie's listening and I know that she knows what she's doing. I was getting A's and she was like, if she doesn't put her hand up, I'm not going to ask her. I know she knows it. And I remember mum being like, that's the first time any teacher has ever acknowledged it, acknowledged that and said that. And I know that used to really frustrate her, people saying that about me all the time. Yeah, like that's exactly it. It's such a strength. And like you said, you're absorbing everything. And that from a design perspective, you listen and you just, I'm only speaking my own experience, but also from just some of the work that you've done for other people, you can see like how much thought's gone into it. And it just stands out above and beyond. Not that I'm biased, but you know. (laughs) Let's move on to... Oh yeah, I wanted to talk to you about the fact that, again, I'm going to say it another time, wise beyond her years, but just the fact that you're very good at setting time, and you have been pretty much from day one, for personal development. And I think, again, it goes back to that ego thing, that you're so good at being like, there's so much to learn, and if I'm on my own you want to be able to make sure that you're staying on top of the different trends or observing what's going on in the market, et cetera, et cetera, and just constantly like bettering yourself. So yeah, talk me through that story and why that's important to you, I guess. Yeah, I don't think you're ever like done with all of that. I really like learning. I liked school and I liked revising and stuff, honestly. Like, (laughs) I hated exams. Oh, my God, don't. That was another situation where I was probably sick in the loo before an exam. (laughs) But um, I liked learning and applying learning. And At uni, my course was practical, but we obviously had, like, an academic part to it. And I liked that, and a lot of people hated that. They hated the dissertation, but I liked it. And I think I just enjoy that. And I think I'm well aware of how old I am. Like, I know I'm young. I know I wasn't in like a corporate job before. I've always had jobs like since I was about 15, but I have never been in a full time corporate or whatever job. And I know that. And I know what I'll probably lack in experience compared to a lot of people and the kind of view of what you should do and you do this first you know you work for x amount of years and you do this to get experience and then you might start a business and I know I've not done it that way around I'm just aware of I don't know I guess just trying to be as good as I can be and I'm interested so I don't know I just like learning and I think you could always be better or always improve something so yeah that's just important to me I think Yeah. Do you set aside, like when you pay yourself each month, do you set aside an X budget for personal development? Because like you're constantly signing up to courses and... Yeah. So I, I guess I don't put aside like a set amount each month for it, but I, you know, literally like the banking app I use has got like one of those separate spaces bit. So I have like a business savings bit there where I'll dip into that if I want to sign up to a course or something. Yeah. 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 You're with Starling, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. 
no that's really handy to like I don't know I just think it's really interesting like you're you're constantly inspiring me to be more like what's the word just yeah better at stuff like that let's move on to just generally in hindsight like what has this whole experience taught you about yourself and can you see yourself doing this now are you in this for the long haul like can you ever see yourself working for someone else no (laughs) I've heard other people say this I think on your podcast but I feel like unemployable like I think once you get used to it managing your own time and things yeah for me this is it I hope and it might be different later down the line but yeah for me this is it I really love it and it's hard but it's taught me that it is possible and that I can actually do it I think I've always had a lot of self-doubt and I still do that it is actually possible and I think I've learned that I've got a thicker skin than I thought yeah I think that's what I've learned about myself really yeah no that's amazing I think like that's what exactly what you want to learn right it stands you in good stead I'm just getting the original email up because yeah we were saying we both read it before this interview started so Maddie sent this on January the 1st 2018 6.03 in the evening so you definitely would have got over your hangover by then right let's have a look (laughs) hi Fiona happy new year I just wanted to send an email to say how much I love reading your blog it's so inspirational As someone who is about to finish my third year studying graphic design at uni and wanting to start my own business, your blog's so motivating. My personal favourite post was about Lauren at Oanda Calligraphy. Side note, who is a babe? I think this post particularly resonated with me because I can relate to her in that I hope to start my own small business and do not feel the need to make it the biggest and best in the field, just enough for myself and family to be happy and comfortable. And then you went on to say some other stuff. But that bit there I read... And we both said before this call started, that still stands so true today, right? So what are your kind of long-term goals for this business? And like, have you thought about how you're going to keep it that way as you get older? Yeah, I think people sometimes mistake that for not being ambitious or not being, it could be bigger or it could be whatever. And like a lot of people ask me, like, would you ever hire and things like that? And at the minute, no. Like I am quite happy with how it's going at the minute. And yeah, I I think I am ambitious and I have ambitions for it. Like I love working collaboratively with, you know, I work with Jess and Nat and marketing and I work with photographers or web developers or animators, etc. And like I love that collaborative approach. So for me, in terms of where I want it to be, more of that working as a team with people, but not necessarily you know hiring a team I don't think that that's what I want I think especially in Covid that's made me think being responsible for my own salary is enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know that's that's it really I think I don't want it to be so reliant on just my time maybe at some point you know if I ever take a step back or you know I want to have children and things so that's like a reality isn't it at the minute it's so reliant on my time so thinking about that really longer term but yeah I think I'm happy where I'm at at the minute I am ambitious but I'm not trying to like start an agency or anything but I think that there's such a strength in saying that and saying that boundary out loud because ultimately like we've had so many conversations over the past year that whatever success looks like to you is what success is right Mm -hmm. you do not have to play by the rule book and ultimately you heading up an agency like growing this business because there's no doubt that you're talented enough but you don't want it like it might not suit you Mm -hmm. and it's like actually owning that 
is so powerful and saying yes I could but I don't want to and I'm not going to I think it goes back to what I said earlier though like about just I think I just know myself quite well you know what I want might change but I love the idea of one day maybe doing like yoga teacher training as well like in my mind I always want to be a designer and like I love that but there might be other things I want to do as well yeah 100% that's exciting okay you know how these all end I will start and I'd like you to finish pretty please being my own boss means building a life that I want absolutely when it's not quite going to plan my advice would be to stop yeah take some time out and don't let one negative experience define like you or your work or your business yeah so important if I could describe myself as a businesswoman I would say that I am more capable and resilient than I would have ever thought oh such a nice answer if I could go back to day one of my business I'd tell myself you can actually do this like it is actually possible you can and you will (laughs) finally Maddie I want my legacy to be that that I've helped people well you've already done that thank you that was so much fun thank you thank you so much to plio once again for sponsoring this episode and for going that extra bit further to support female business owners by handing over the mic to our amazing members during this episode's ad space as one of their 15,000 customers i know full well we're in safe hands with this one it really is a game changer for how we manage expenses so i highly recommend taking advantage of their special offer for she can she did listeners and seeing for yourself what all the fuss is about get your first three months free by heading to plio.io now and make sure to mention the she can she did podcast on your demo the link's in the show notes now i cannot wait to hear what you think thank you so much for listening to that episode if you happen to enjoy it please do feel free to subscribe rate review tell a friend etc etc i'm sure you know how it works by now but it really does help to give the series a little boost and i for one would be so unbelievably grateful for now though have a lovely day and please do keep a lookout for next week's episode <music>